1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And in today's podcast, I've got returning guest, Ronnie Thompson. Ronnie, welcome.
2: Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, I love it. We're back again. Third time now, I think.
1: Yeah. And that's because you're so popular. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and thank you, audience, for tuning in today. Um Ronnie and I today are going to be talking about the power of vulnerability because I think most of us, especially when we think about the word vulnerability, can perceive it as being a weakness when in actual fact, you know, if you're coming from a place of vulnerability uh, from the right place, vulnerability can also be our greatest strength, can't it, Ronnie?
2: Oh, and that's, that was the thing. Recently, I've I've noticed it seems to be a big trend with a lot of my clients and and you know just people that I chat to in general is there's so much fear um, I suppose fear say around vulnerability it's 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 super scary and I can totally appreciate now in hindsight just how much courage it takes you know to be vulnerable um, but it it does seem to be a trend where people are so scared of it but once they break free. And they get past all of of the you know the fear and and all the scary stuff holding them back from being vulnerable. It just opens up this whole new, just whole new level of power, and and with that power comes freedom as well. A lot of the time, and it's so beautiful to witness when you know I see couples be vulnerable with each other, or I see you know a woman be vulnerable in her own skin and she's rewarded with celebration you know or a couple is is rewarded by you know opening up that new level of connection and ah it's just beautiful I love it there's so much power in it for sure
1: and I think the difference is that you know sometimes we can be vulnerable from a place of fear and lack in other words that we can be you know in our victim mentality and um be, you know, uh, very clingy and needy and desperate. Uh, So that's when I think it comes across as being quite weak. But, you know, if you are in that place of self-love and you're feeling um, abundant and confident about yourself, then if you're vulnerable from that place, that's when it can be really, really attractive, can't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So with definitely, and it's funny that you say the word attraction because um, actually funny story, uh, Hubby and I went away for a week over to Hamilton Island. It was a little kid-free weekend away for our anniversary. And while we were over there, like it was just beautiful weather, you know, we were by the pool, um, we walked down on the beach and I wore my bikini underneath my shorts that day. And now I'm... I'm <laughs> I have thunder thighs. I am that I am that woman that will wear shorts over the top of her bikini bottoms and, like, suck my tummy in, like my newfound mum tum, like, suck that right in if I'm going to take my top off. And so I've never worn a bikini in public um, basically ever, even, even when I was, you know, gosh, 16, 17, I never wore a bikini in public. It was always shorts over the top. And because I, I felt, I suppose, it, you know, I didn't think of it at the time as being vulnerable, but um, I felt ashamed and I felt embarrassed about my body. And so, you know, I wanted to cover that up. And it wasn't until I'm now, you know, 31, two kids, got my mum tum banging, Daisy insecure, but at the same time going, you know what, fuck it. It's I was going to do it just just do it like don't even think about it just do it and I took my shorts off and I you know went from our beach chairs down and went for a swim in the ocean and and I was like oh okay I'm in the water now no one can see (laughs) but when I come out of the water I don't know I just I just hit like this new level of like oh wow I'm wearing a I'm wearing a bikini and I am in public and oh, this feels good. And unbeknownst to me at the time, my husband actually snapped a few pictures of me walking out of the water just in, you know, just in my bikini bottoms and my bikini top. And there was flesh everywhere. And you know what? I looked at at them later and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, I'm looking at that. Like, I'm actually myself like, whoa, you know, and I, I did this little happy dance of celebration going like, wow, you know, because I did at the, at that moment when I was walking out of the water, I did feel powerful and I did feel confident and I did feel secure in my own skin. Yes, I was nervous, but I was like, you know what, like I, I'm I'm just leaving all of that childhood bullshit, you know, all of that societal conditioning in the background. And today I'm just going to be courageous and wear a bikini and although that might sound really small to some people I absolutely just celebrated the shit out of myself for that because there was 31 years of conditioning around you know don't show too much flesh Um, you know you're too big to wear bikini bottoms you know or you're not you don't have a good enough figure you shouldn't be showing that much flesh that sort of thing you know over over time and then you know society billboards of size 6 and 8 women up on it with you know perfectly filtered skin and eyes and figures and you know so it it all kind of just seeps into your subconscious and so then you tend to find yourself going well I don't have that figure I shouldn't be wearing a bikini and so it was just it was this really It's this really beautiful, powerful moment for myself and something that I want to encourage a lot of other women and just people in general, you know, to just really step outside of that fear and outside of that conditioning that they may have had ingrained into them and just take one small step, you know, and and it goes for relationships as well, for sure.
1: Yeah, I tend to call it, you know, um, shudding all over yourself. I should be this, I should be oh, that. Yes. I should do this and I should.
2: <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I repeat back to my clients, you know, if they are doing a lot of shuds in the conversation and I, I just say, hang on a minute, let's stop shudding all over ourselves.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because that's that's, I think, suppose where it comes from is we we take on these own beliefs from people that we grew up around, you know, or grew up with. And so we take on their beliefs who, you know, f- and their beliefs came from someone else's beliefs. And so, you know, when you're hearing it all the time, it sort of becomes, you know, your own belief. And then and it's really not until you sit down and have a really deep, deep think and do some inner work around like, okay, is this actually my belief or is this someone else's? You know, because when we're vulnerable, we're opening ourselves up to judgment and that's all it really is, is is we're kind of exposing ourselves. We are, you know, basically laying out naked, you know, and and exposing any potential flaws that we might have and leaving it open for for criticism. And then there obviously comes the risk of being hurt as well. And um, I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned this before, in previous episodes, but once when I was a a very young girl, um, I probably would have been about maybe seven, um, seven or eight. Um, I was actually told by a a close family member at that point in time that I was fat um, or I was too fat, sorry. Her words were, you're too fat. And I just, I don't know, it kind of shook me more than I suppose it probably should have at that age. But I suppose that just kept playing back over... In my mind for so so long, that even even when I was leaving high school, <laughs> and I look at photos now, going, like, "Wow, you were gorgeous! You had the best figure." What we then, I thought I was fat at forty eight kilos. You know, I was forty eight kilos, and I and I thought I was fat because you know I'd had it ingrained in me that you know if you're fat, you don't wear bikinis. You know, if you um, if you aren't someone's enough, you know via their opinions or their beliefs or you know through their eyes then you shouldn't do anything for yourself. And so it it, de- it definitely took a lot of work a few years ago. Um you know and then a bit of extra work since having kids. <laughs> it's like thanks thanks mum bod for you know shining through with the the extra cellulite and the stretch marks, you know putting that sort of extra pressure on us. But when you when you hit a point and you, you know, you get past all of that conditioning and you suddenly just sit back and go, you know what, these, these aren't my beliefs. Like these are actually someone else's now. These are, you know, whoever it was, you know, whoever you've heard those things from at some point or another in your life, it's, it's their opinions. And a lot of the time, their beliefs and their opinions, it, it's when you hear them say you can't do that or you shouldn't do that, really, it's actually them saying I won't do that. And so it it stems back to a lot of them, like what they're conditioned to believe and what their opinions are. And so really separating yourself from, you know, their opinions and what's been ingrained in you and what you act is is really it's actually a really beautiful moment when you can separate those two, and then start yourself on a new path and a new journey. And that's really you know that's really nice because I was I've been for years now the you know the woman to go like oh wow like she is stunning like oh wow you know I wish I had the confidence to wear that not you know oh she shouldn't wear that like she's got chunky thighs she should not be wearing short shorts you know I sort of I haven't done that for many many years and instead going like oh I wish I had the confidence to wear that you know and so it was really big like language change I suppose and really separating myself from like actually no i I. I don't believe what I was told as a child. You know, I don't believe that just because you're a size 14, you can't strut around in a bikini, you know. And so seeing seeing the power, the powerful side when looking at, you know, and this, this is all just an example because I've just recently gone through it myself with the bikini thing, you know, but looking at someone else from and seeing the power of their vulnerability um, is is a huge step. In the right direction because for for a long time before I actually did it myself, I would look at other women in bikini and kind of like, wow, like how awesome is she? You know, like she's she's wearing a bikini in public and she is nailing it. And look, oh, she's got stretch marks just like me. Woohoo! You know, and I so was I'd like celebrate the you know that were in front of me rather than thinking negatively and thinking, oh, like she should not be wearing that. You know, it was it was never really like that. It was like. Oh, wow. Like, how is she doing that? That's amazing. I want to do that. (laughs) And so, you know, sort of stepping, stepping past that and being like, you know what, I'm just going to fucking do it. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Let's just do it. You know, let's see what happens. And by golly gosh, did I feel naked (laughs) when I did it? I felt like I wasn't wearing a bikini at all, but I really just looked around and went, you know what? No one's looking at me, no one's judging me, no one's saying anything negative to me right now. And and that was sort of reiterated by the my myself then looking at myself in the pictures, going like, oh, you know what? I actually look pretty good. I'm actually like, I feel I feel like I looked, you know, with those opinions and those belief systems that you've been set up for or or previously, is a huge, it's a huge step in the right direction. And and you know, finding that power. In the vulnerability of others um, is massive because then it, it gives you the power and the inspiration to then go and be vulnerable, and then celebrate the shit out of yourself for for doing that, you know, and, and stepping past that fear and this, you know, the scary mode that you're in before. It's absolutely beautiful, and it's and it revolves into relationships as well, you know, stepping out, being vulnerable. Um, you know, even especially when it comes to feelings as well, um, I see it a lot in my clients, you know, when when coaching couples is a lot of the times the men are actually really quite scared to be vulnerable because they too have been ingrained with beliefs from their childhood, mm. you know, and conditioning around, you know, men don't cry, yeah. you know, like um, you, you're a man, right? harden up you know, that's something I hear a lot. And I actually heard that, you know, said to my brothers as well as, as a kid, you know, if they got hurt, physically hurt, or, you know, if, if they got into, you know, a, a, an argument or something with one of their friends when they were really quite young, it was like, you know, it's like men don't cry, you know, like you'll be right, mate, harden up, you know, get over it. And so, you know, what they really been taught is like, you know, don't have emotions, but if you feel like you have to have emotions, then don't show them, you know, and, and I feel like that's a big, it's a big um, breakdown point in communication with relationships where the managers, they're too scared to open up and actually say how they feel. And it's, it's there's a lot of societal stigma around, you know, men not, not having feelings when it's not that, it's just that they have basically been trained and conditioned not to show those emotions and, and not to talk about those feelings because it's in some way or another apparently it's unmasculine, you know, it's it's unmanly um, to do that. And so, it yeah, being vulnerable, it just opens up so, so many avenues in every aspect of our lives and it's finding the power and harnessing that real game changer.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I concur because... I do. Like you say, you know, it's it's even more difficult for men, but, you know, men are vulnerable from their, you know, their place of feeling healthy and strong in the masculinity uh, yep. from a place of, you know, um, being clingy or needy or desperate, like we were saying before. It's the same, yeah. you know, that, that can be very, 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 very sexy, can't you? And attractive the same as it is for them when they see it in us.
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's, of a big thing that I discovered about when we were sort of going through a bit of a rough patch and and even, you know, right on the brink of divorce, it was like, you know, at some point or another, you're going to have to say how you feel. Like <laughs> You're going to have to talk about your emotions because up until then he was also with that, you know, that conditioning of like, you know, don't talk about it, like you'll get over it, Um, you know, grown men don't cry, all of that sort of thing. And, you know, and and seeing him. He- him that space to be vulnerable and be upset about whatever it is that he needs to release his emotions on just you know I I suppose starting out and allowing him that freedom and that safety between us where he feels like he can do that and it won't take away from his masculinity it won't take away from the love that I feel for him um that was that was really big that was a really big game changer you know, because until then, and and I see it a lot in the husband's side of things of the, you know, the couples that I coach is she's there, like, you know, he won't tell me how he feels, you know, he just goes into his cave. He won't talk about it. And I'm like, well, yeah, men don't really talk about their feelings, unfortunately. But once you start probing, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And you start sort of probing these men and these husbands and, you know, all the men of the in the relationship, start probing them with questions where they start to uncover why they don't want to talk about it and it will often stem back to, you know, something that they were told or something that was ingrained in them as a child. And a lot of it comes down to that they're just too scared to be vulnerable, you know, because if they be vulnerable, there's that open space where they're going to get hurt and then it's going to it's going to really crush them you know and they won't feel like they can pick up their masculinity again they won't feel like they can you know man up and get over it because they've been so hurt and then if that happens they actually shut down even more than what they did before you know so allowing that space and letting them know it's okay to be vulnerable you know it's okay to cry it's okay to you know say what you feel actually forms a much, much deeper, more connected bond in a relationship because they've got that safety net and they've got that safe space to express what they need to express. And then the woman feels more connected. You know, she feels like, okay, I get it now. You know, I'll stop pushing so hard, you know, or I understand how you feel. This is what I've been going through too. And when they find that mutual ground, and a lot of the time they have the same emotions, they have the same feelings. It's just that, you know, wifey is talking about it, men is not. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where the communication breakdown is. Yeah. Like it's that's where the breakdown usually is, is is it comes, you know, it comes back to that shame where he doesn't want to express anything because he feels shame around it. He feels fear. And, you know, whereas women tend to feel a little bit more, you know, I suppose comfortable with being vulnerable um, comfortable with sharing their feelings and if they were hurt or not, whereas men are a completely different sort of avenue, um, you know, and then it comes to the physical side and us women are a bit like, Oh, you know, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to wear, you know, something that will show my mum tum. Whereas the men, you know, the men are out there like, yeah, check out my dad bod, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like it's so, it's, it's so funny. Like the different dynamics between men and women, it cracks me yeah. up, but the and vulnerability of- is just such a key part in every aspect.
1: I think the key thing you mentioned there was creating that safety and that emotional safety for the men to open up. Because like you said, men and women are different and we can be quite critical, can't we, of men, for not sharing, um, you know, their vulnerability. Um, you know, I know, for example, um, you know, there was a situation where a client had um, had a miscarriage and she was criticising her husband for not, showing his emotions mm. around that but he was not showing because he wanted to be strong for her you know he wanted to rock yes it's not that he didn't care yeah. of course he was hurt. No. but we can yeah. be quite insensitive sometimes to our men in you know just because they're not displaying their emotions the way we would um yeah you know, we can be quite insensitive and critical of that can't we without realizing that you know actually they they are feeling it but they're not wanting to show it because they're, they're wanting to be strong for you
2: definitely definitely and i do i do see that a lot and it's funny you mentioned um that particular scenario because i had one similar with with you know one of my clients as well and and she said he's just shut down he just won't he won't talk he won't i don't even know what's running through his mind And in her words exactly was like, it's like he just doesn't care. And I was like, whoa, girlfriend, okay, (laughs) let's let's back that up for a second. Um, He cares. He just doesn't know how to show it. And there was a big, you know, there's a big difference between those because his way of caring was, like you said, being the rock, you know, being the strong one, the brave one, um, you know, between them both and him providing that shoulder for her to cry on. And whereas, you know, until there was that really, really deeply connected conversation and those probing of questions, until that happened, he felt like he needed to keep being the strong one. You know, and that was that was his way of sort of, I suppose, blocking off emotions um, and not allowing that vulnerability to come through. Because if he broke down, then he would he would he felt weak, you know, and that was his words, it's like, I feel weak. And I'm like, well, actually, it's quite the opposite. You know, if you talk to her about it, you know, explain this is what's going on in your mind. And even if you do have to cry, like, just let it out, you know, cry about it. This is a situation where, you know, (laughs) no one's going to judge you for crying. You've just, you know, had a massive massive situation where there's been loss. Um, It was once that sort of conversation happened and he got really vulnerable with her she finally realised, like, holy shit, he does care. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, it formed an even closer bond then because he was able to be vulnerable with her. So she had that understanding, you know, so she completely understood, like, okay, he's just too scared to talk about it. You know, he wanted to be the rock for me. And so, you know, getting past and getting through and, and being completely open um, and, and I suppose allowing yourself to be open for that judgment because he was worried that if I start crying in front of her, she's going to think I'm, you know, un, you know, not as much as a man because men don't cry and I shouldn't be crying in front of her and I just need to be the rock. And she's there going like, he just doesn't care. When, so there was just that really, um, I suppose, breakdown of, of communication all because there was no vulnerability. Yeah. So yeah, th- there was like really big breakthroughs for them, you know, because she was only seeing that he didn't care, but he just he actually didn't know how to show he cared without taking away from his masculinity.
1: And that's you know the the great difference, isn't it, between men and women is that we do expect them, I suppose, to be the same as us in the way they show yeah. they care, and they're not. You know, they, t- they they show it in a different way. It doesn't mean they doesn't don't care because they're not getting emotional. It it you know it, it is about them. Really not not knowing how to show they they care, but you know wanting to still show that they are strong and are there for you. But you know sometimes men just shut down, don't they, and and go in, inwards, whereas women express outwardly. You know their emotions and mm-hmm. and it's understanding that those are the differences between men and women, and and not criticizing them for for being who they are. <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. And that can, that can be a really tricky one too. You know, as women, we, we do tend to, you know, without, I mean, without learning how men and women communicate differently, it can be really easy for us to judge them. We're like, well, they just don't care. You know, he's just not even talking about it. Meanwhile, he's gone into his cave because that's how they deal with hard things. That's how they deal with, difficult situations is they kind of work it all out in their own mind they shut down they don't really talk they don't express the communication straight away you know they don't really talk about feelings um you know they're still taking everything on board from you but sometimes the more that we lump on them the more we criticize them the more that we vent on them often it can be sometimes an overload on them so Mm. um, the more the more they feel like they have to take on You know, so they're taking it on, taking it on, taking it on. And we just keep putting it on, putting it on because we're frustrated. You know, we're not only dealing with our own grief or our own situation or feelings around whatever the situation is, but then he's not giving us any feedback. You know, we're not getting any vulnerability from him. We're not knowing what he's going through, what he's feeling, what he's thinking. So then we criticize and we lump more things on him. You know, so he goes into that cave for a little bit longer next time. He shuts down for a little bit longer. He won't talk for a little bit longer. He bottles up his feelings for a little bit longer. And it just, it it kind of just keeps going and going and going rather than having that open and really safe space for them to communicate feelings, um, allowing our men to be vulnerable, allowing our men to have that space. Of safety where we're not going to judge them. You know, we're not going to love them any less if they shed a tear. You know, we're not going to love them any less by them saying like, you know, I just need half an hour by myself. Yeah, uh, I feel that. So even just that and just being vulnerable enough for a man to say I just need half an hour on my own, you know, like that can be even hard for some men, you know, to do. So yeah, because they don't really Crazy. communicate. Crazy different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> they
1: don't really communicate that to us. I mean, if they actually were able, I suppose, to say, you know what, I just need, like you say, a half an hour or an hour to go and process this, because that's what they do. They process it. They need to yeah. internalise it. They need to go, like you say, to their cave and think about it. And it might take, you know, more than an hour, half an hour or whatever. But the thing is, the more yeah. we push and push and push, the more they are going to want to withdraw. And like yeah. you say, we a never-ending cycle. Then where he feels so overwhelmed because all he's feeling <laughs> yeah. is more pressure uh, that you're, that you're lumping on him by wanting him to express when he's, you know, he's not able to. He needs to be able That's to go right. away, process it. And if he was able to sort of, I think women would be far more comfortable if men were able to say you know what i just need to go into my cave it's got nothing you know it doesn't mean i don't love you doesn't mean i don't care but i need to just go into my cave and process all this for a while and it might take me some time but just know that i still love you if i was able to say that i think we'd feel happier oh
2: yes 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 yes. you just nailed it and and that's exactly what i was going to say is is you know Men just taking really small steps, and you know, getting past a vulnerability. Um, you know, just taking really small steps as a man. And just like, okay, you know, I've had a, I've had a really big day. Can I think about this? You know, so whatever we've just lumped on them, whatever we've just brought up with them, whatever they have to process. You know, them just being open enough to say, you know, I need an hour by myself. You know, or I'm going to go away. You know, for the day fishing, you know, or I'm going to go play golf on my own, whatever it is, you know, just to process. And then us as women understanding that, you know, so understanding that they too need time on their own to process, to think about it. And it was something that I never understood. Um, (laughs) I never understood this before, before we almost got divorced. And then, you know, I learned a lot about communication during that time, obviously, hence why now I'm a communication coach. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I wish I'd known before and I do now is they process, like you said, everything inside their heads. So he would come back from his cave and not say anything and he would carry on as if nothing has happened at all. And then I would be here going like, uh, what the hell just happened? Like I was literally just, and and I was so, so vulnerable. You know, I told him all of my feelings. I got everything out of my chest Told him what I was thinking. Told him what I was feeling, and then he goes away, gives me this silent treatment, comes back and acts like nothing's happened. It's like, what the freaking hell just happened? How does this even work? So you know, again, I it was kind of like a never-ending cycle for me then as well because I hit a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just not. I'm just not even going to tell him anything. I think there's no point. He doesn't care. You know. So we, as well, then as women tend to kind of shut off our vulnerability. We're not as vulnerable with our men because we're not getting that feedback. We're not getting anything back from them. And so we think they don't care. <laughs> it happens over and over again with every argument. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's just not talking anymore. You know, she's just like, yeah, well, I'm done. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even bother telling him how I feel or how much it hurt because he's not going to listen or he's not going to do anything about it. And so again, that starts a massive whirlwind of communication issues that they then have to dredge up again later if they want to make it work, if they want to move forward, you know, and have a a better connection and have a, a happier marriage is really working through those stages. And so, you know, it really, it does sound simple, but it can be quite tricky to implement because we are conditioned the way that we are until we call out the bullshit that we've Growing up with, you know, until we call out all of the lies um, and the, the shoulds along the way, till we call all that out and actually change it for the better, unfortunately, it just won't improve. But just simple, simple, small steps, and it sounds easy, but sometimes it's just not, is, you know, men saying to their women, you know, I need time to process, you know, women allowing that to happen. And then men comes back, you know, men comes back and actually gives feedback about what he came up with in his head, you know, offering suggestions um, on how to resolve it, you know, or actually resolving it rather than just resolving it in his mind. And then, you know, she's left there going, well, how are we going to get past this? And so, you know, just it's, it's that sort of constant backwards and forwards, like a, like a ball on a tennis court, really, you know, <laughs> well, being vulnerable but, um, and really sort of just having that feedback at the end of everything, to know that everyone's safe, everyone's still loved, and we're going to find a resolution for this. So it, it can be a really tricky one for, for a lot of people to implement, um, men especially, the communication of I need time to process and women allowing them that space to happen. Once you can have those two things working in harmony, um, everything sort of just falls into place after that, which is really beautiful to see.
1: Thank you so much, Ronnie. I think there's been lots and lots of wise wisdom gems shared within the conversation that we've had today in terms of hopefully women now understanding men a bit better around their vulnerability issues as well as vice versa. So thank you so much for sharing your personal experiences as well as other experiences that you shared on today's podcast.
2: No worries, Lynn. Thank you so much. It's really been my pleasure.
1: And for the benefit of our audience, what's your best contact? <laughs>
2: uh, so I can just be found on Facebook under Ronnie Thompson. Um, I do believe you chuck the link up underneath the podcast so you'll be able to find me there. And it's Thompson without a P, <laughs> so it's D-H-O-M-S-O-N. Um, find me on there, connect, um, drop me a, a personal message if you like, let me know where you know where you heard about me. Um, and we'll we'll get connected for sure we'll have a good chat also got a private Facebook group as well just for um, couples and individuals sort of you know challenged by um, conversations how to communicate properly with them um, with their wife I have you know that also open to husbands as well it's really nice to have a combination of men and women in there so we can all sort of support each other and and connect in a way where um, we don't feel so alone. You know, we have a an argument that might seem silly to someone else, but someone else is going through the exact same thing. You know, so it's nice to have that connection. It is very private. So everything that we put in there, um, you know, it doesn't get spoken about outside. So it's really nice, safe space for everyone to talk and communicate um, and, and, you know, get hints and tips from other people on how to approach different things in their relationships. Um, we're seeing a lot of a lot of really positive steps forward and feedback in that group. So feel free to connect with me personally. um, And then, yeah, we'll get you in the group if that's something that you're interested in.
1: Brilliant. And I'll also make sure that information, as well as Ronnie's other contact information, is shared, as always, in our show notes. So uh, it just leads me to say thank you very much again,
2: Ronnie, for sharing your wise words today. No worries. Absolute pleasure. I love coming on here. So thanks again for having me.
1: And as always, audience... If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, like, share. It all helps to get the word out there and helps the wider audience connect and get the wisdom that they need to know to have healthy, loving relationships. So thank you very much for showing up today. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me that you're listening to this episode and our other episodes. So thank you so much. And I'm just going to leave off, as I always do, with True Love Starts, with opening our hearts. And until next
0: time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts Dash entwined.com. Remember, True love starts with opening our hearts.